0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules
1: and restrictions apply. Nolan Arenado is heating up, as is Michael Conforto. Matt McLean has gotten the call, as has Christopher Morrell. We'll talk about those hitters, plus we'll talk key injury down in Florida. Come on up on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. <music> Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. Fred, uh, been a busy uh, weekend. Uh how how busy were you on the Yuri Perez and Christopher Morrell bidding?
2: Not that busy on Perez and didn't have a lot of shots at Morel. Yeah. Kind of regret not paying up for Morel in one of my leagues. Um, I tried to get cheap and it didn't work. Um, Perez, I knew he was going to be really expensive. I didn't get any shares. I did put in, I would say, I just put in keep you honest bids in most leagues, like 200, something like that. Right. Um, I do have some concerns over how many innings he'll throw. This year, I think he'll be good, but I'm getting some concerns over how many innings he'll throw. And I I would say in large part so far, my teams are doing better in the pitching standings than the hitting standings. So I wasn't totally sure if I, you know, if I wanted to spend what would have probably amounted to forty percent of my remaining budget, maybe even half of my remaining budget in some leagues on Perez.
1: I wasn't super aggressive on Perez and Labor because I already bought t- Tanner Bybee and I was already below fifty dollars. right
2: there. Congrats! No, that's, not that's really. A move. Um, I, I would rather have. That's a good, actually tough call. I mean, I would rather have Bybee than Perez.
1: Perez. I mean, I think Bybee might throw more innings.
2: Me too. He yeah. might pitch better too. He's really yeah, good. Yeah, we'll
1: see. We'll see about that. We already have a home run in, uh, by the way, in Baltimore, uh, the very first batter for the Angels has Homer, just in case, okay. you know, just to prove that we're doing this uh, live during the <laughs> games. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, I I, I it also he came up first and, you know, I yep. can't, you know, my team is a disaster there. It's becoming less of a de- disaster. It's now I think climbed all the way to 11th. So, uh, OK, you know, dizzying heights mickey moniac by the way with the home run for the angels in case okay. you want to know the I, popular, I, he
2: was a popular ad by, yeah i like him cheap ad but popular
1: yeah the question is what happens when everybody's healthy there how does yeah. he get his playing time but um yeah i think it's he, he's a good a good pivot if you couldn't get more though that's for mm-hmm. sure for sure um but yeah anyways um so yeah I, I i i was in on perez i got him in two of my main events uh, i badly missed out on, him on the third but i had Healthy bids in all three, like 255 to th- and one and 313 and another, where I had the need was more acute. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, I, I I do share some concerns about Perez's innings. I, I think that off the top, you know, it might be like Mason Miller, though, where you get your innings and then you worry about where you're going to get other innings later.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I think. I don't know. I think if the pitchers are worth these bids, then he is worth these bids. It's a whole separate argument that we've already talked about a bit as far as like, for sure. Are, are, is one rookie starting pitcher worth $300 of your fab budget? So that's a separate issue. If the answer to that is yes, or if the answer to that is no, but I don't have any choice. So Mm -hmm. I guess I'm in, then I think he's as worthy as any of the other targets. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a change, I feel like, this year, how much we're paying for these rookie starting pitchers. And I think that will be definitely something worth assessing after the season. Were they worth it? How many of them were worth it? Um, was there an alternative way to grind out pitching? Because I think one of the things driving these big bids is that it's hard to stream starting pitchers. So yeah. I think that will be the other thing, is like, did, did anyone have success... Or did many people have success just grabbing $10, $20, $30 starters here and there? I mean, there's, there's been some pitchers who have come up. Louis Varland was more of a double-digit type bid in a lot of leagues than a triple-digit type bid. He He's around
1: looking, 60 in my main event leagues, by yeah, the way. So. Yeah,
2: I, I think I landed him in the 40s or 50s in some leagues. So, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how many of those pitchers there are at the end of the year where you were like, oh, okay, yeah, or just ones that you were able to stream for a few weeks here and there so yeah um you know how much better will Perez be than James Paxton who wasn't cheap on Sunday but wasn't nearly as expensive as Perez
1: yeah yep Uh, I I think that's uh you know the thing is I looked in my main event leagues Paxton was already rostered people were smarter than me and picked him up before he made you know before that um yeah. Bench bats. Uh, okay. I got to say this real quick. I, I'm responding mm-hmm. to Uncle Ted uh, about mm-hmm. this and he is our most loyal listener. So I, I feel compelled yeah. to respond Everyone's once I disagree that bench bats are dumb. Um, There are times, especially in the NFBC, you know, and you know your format, obviously, and you're a fear in a head to head league. This might play differently, but at least in the NFBC, where we have, uh, you can switch your roster, your hit or ro- roster on Friday, you can account for good series or say, for instance, last week when Baltimore, Toronto, Philly, and Boston only had two games Monday through Thursday. Other teams, yeah. you, you bench your marginal hitters for those and try to get somebody that has three or four games. Uh, I, I think there's some value in that. You know, and, you know, if you got a guy that put, you know, you have to deal with platoons. Now, if you're playing in a 10 team or a 12 team mixed league and it's head to head league, okay, that's probably a little less relevant. Um, and I, I think you need to uh, pay attention to your league settings. Obviously, there he might be right. Uh, it might be a completely different format there.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, for example, in our Yahoo friends and family, I think I try to have very few bench bats, maybe one, but not a lot because we can stream daily. So it makes sense to have a lot of relievers in your lineup, move the starters in and out on the days they start um, in a full weekly. It probably makes sense to have a lot of pitchers on your bench so you can rotate them and not as many hitters because it's full weekly. Um in you're right though in the nfbc being able to move hitters and hitters in and out based on matchups or volume of games on the monday to thursday schedule also um so i have a couple nfbc teams where most of the bench right now is hitters and that's not necessarily by design but i'm not going to pick up a pitcher off waivers just for the sake of having a pitcher right in a 15 team Mm -hmm. league so for example if there are no starting pitchers on waivers who i believe in at all right that i can get then it doesn't to me make sense to pick up Patrick Core at the expense of a hitter who i find intriguing or to just pick up like eric swanson eric swanson's someone who i've i've streamed in and out of lineups when i'm really stuck at pitcher a few times this year so he's come to mind you pick him up i pick him up for a dollar i use him for the week i drop him just if i need someone for an active roster spot he typically has good ratios pitches in high leverage situations so but i don't really need to keep eric swanson on my bench or anyone like him I can, but I don't really need to. So if there's an intriguing hitter,
1: the waiver um, wire is your bench in that. And yeah. That so if it's there's like, an yeah.
2: intriguing hitter, then uh, I'd rather have the intriguing hitter than just the pitcher, just for the sake of, of having to, of having to have a, just for the sake of saying, I have a certain amount of pitchers on my bench. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And
1: you know, like your, your format, you know, absolutes are tough to apply because every, it, so much of our game is format dependent, context dependent there. So can be you can absolutely be right um so uh, both sides can be right about this mm-hmm. a little bit though. yeah for sure um uh you mentioned Patrick Corbin I streamed him actually this Good week who starts got yeah. the win on Monday against the Mets uh and then he gets the Tigers this weekend now before you you compliment me too much he struck out one guy so that is you know it, it's 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 kind of tough to get by with one strikeout on on a roster spot. Now, hopefully he'll get like six or seven against Detroit over the weekend.
2: He has not allowed, he's allowed three or fewer earned runs in one, two, three, four, five, six straight starts.
1: Yes, he has. If
2: he does, if he makes it seven, does he survive your roster purge on Sunday?
1: Oh, I, he's almost certainly a cut on Sunday.
2: Um, What if, what if if he had a good start? What if he six shutout against the Tigers this weekend? Let's say uh, the strikeouts aren't remarkable. Oh, you know shot what? Shot I take that back. He's gonna
1: strikeout. he's gonna survive another week because he gets Kansas City next. Okay, um, there you go. so it's a two week pickup. But you know, if he gets, but if he if he gets, say he gives up like four runs in six innings on Saturday against the uh, Tigers, he might still be a cut. You know, because um, right. yep. if I can't trust him against Detroit, well, then who can you trust him against? But uh, sorry, Tiger fans out there. Um, i'm a reds fan so uh you know bear bear you know trust me it can be worse anyways <laughs> um thought we'd kind of just start off with the fab results you know yuri perez started that conversation we'll stay with the marlins and talk about jazz chisholm the news came down out four to six weeks the turf toe injury uh you, you know when he went to go when they said he was going to go see a specialist you knew it wasn't going to be good mm-hmm. this is this is a pretty bad uh bad case scenario here for him
2: yeah absolutely just brutal for fantasy managers who have him and are probably relying on him uh for stolen bases he already has 14 so jazz chisholm's interesting i don't have any shares of him so i haven't fo- i hadn't followed him you know super close i i knew how he was doing but um it, the sample size is pretty small so i don't want to draw any big conclusions from it but going into last year the book on jazz chisholm was he was a good fantasy asset but not a great ball player And then Mm -hmm. last year he had the 860 OPS, but only in 60 games. So then I felt like the narrative going into this year was more that maybe he was a great fantasy asset and a great ball player. Well, so far this year, we're back to the original assessment of him. And it's not a Babbitt problem or anything like that. Um, He is a great fantasy asset. Like we're looking at him, if he hadn't been injured, just his paces, which I know is dangerous to extrapolate. But we're looking at something in the range of 25 homers and 50 steals over 50 uh, 50 something steals really impressive uh but he's got a 694 ops so uh yeah i don't know i will be interesting to see he's going to come back you're going to have him for a good chunk of time even with this injury right so get him back probably in july hopefully early july and we'll see where things go from there with him but he definitely hasn't done anything yet now to shed this injury prone label that he had even going into the season
1: yeah that's true uh, two other things about him, you know, he almost has more stolen bases than RBI. It just, I think that shows it reflects two things, the Marlins lineup around, uh, and also that, you know, he wasn't really, you know, it was either boom or bust, you know, is either he'd get the home or he'd do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of a problem there a little bit. Uh, and then the other thing is he was adjusting to playing the center field and I yep. don't think he was quite there yet. I don't think he was that solid defensively.
2: Yeah, no, both yeah, uh, definitely uh really good points on him. Uh the run and RBI totals too so far were really dismal, 16 in each. I'm not really going to yep. fault him with that. Although it matters a little bit. When you have a 291 OBP, you're not going to have a you're going to have to you're not really going to score lucky. a lot of runs. No. You're not going to score a lot of runs when you're getting on base that rarely unless you're, you know, in uh in a really great unless you're in a really great lineup or just really lucky. Exactly. Either way, he he's a great fantasy asset. He's a hold even in 10 team leagues you know, even if you had to use a bench spot, there's just, there's just so much potential there, but I'd love to see him when he's back in July, like in the second half, I'd love to see him have an OPS. that looks more like 800 than 700.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would too. Uh, next year, you know, he was aw- <laughs> on average. He was the first second baseman drafted. Obviously you're not going to get him at second base, which probably dra- drags his value down at least a little bit. Cause second base, there is some positional scarcity still, um, going like basically in the third round in most leagues, are you willing to pay that price in a 15 teamer?
2: Uh, If, if he comes back from this injury and stays healthy for the rest of the year. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get this amount of home runs and steals from a player in the third round. So I would say if he comes, if he, if he plays the rest of the year, finishes the year with, I don't know, let's say 20 home runs, even with the injury, he could still finish the year with 20 home runs and, 35 steals that'd be pretty impressive
1: yeah uh I, I i wasn't on him to begin with so i'm probably probably not the right person to ask because i was already pre-skeptical mm-hmm. uh this obviously hasn't proved proved my opinion but i also hadn't realized he had 14 stolen bases uh because i don't have them anywhere i really hadn't had like a close line on what his uh on, on exactly uh what he, he exactly had been doing i knew he had i i looked up every once in a while saw him hit a big homer see him steal a base here and there, but I don't know. Marlins are really thin in the outfield right now. I would say El Garcia's on the IL. Jesus Sanchez is on the IL. Chisholm's obviously on the IL, so you're looking at like, you know, Solera really, They as an outfielder, he's a good DH, uh, so yeah. you don't really want him to play the outfield. De La Cruz, Hampson, and Peyton Burdick are basically your top three outfielders right now. Any interest in, I mean, obviously De La Cruz is probably rostered in many leagues, 15 or 15 teamers at least, but In a 12 teamer, does that make you more interested in Daily Cruz? And are you interested in Hampson or Burdick at all?
2: Nope. I would say no. Uh, Daily Cruz in a 12. I think he's just a streamer, just week to week. If you like the matchup, if someone wanted to roster him permanently, then they can have him. Um, He was on waivers in a 15 that I, one of my 15s uh, recently, like in the last couple of weeks. Um, That lineup is not very good right now. Right yeah. with a, with those players, that, that lineup was never great, and right, right now it looks like a solid target, right to stream pitchers. So especially it's very also very right-handed heavy, right mm-hmm. now. So uh you know Joey Wendell's left-handed bat and Luis Arias, that's it. They're not even a switch hitter in there. So very right-handed heavy. Yeah. So for a right-handed pitcher who does well against right-handed batters, that's a really good or even does decently. That's a really good lineup I think to stream against right now.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, they're facing the Nets right now um, for the next uh, three days, and then uh, Miami is facing. After that, they get. Uh, oh, they hit the road. They go at San Francisco, at Colorado for four, and that at the Angels. That's right. Because when I was looking at Yuri Perez, I was like, Oh, next week he gets he gets the Nationals this week. Yay! Then at Coors Field and at Anaheim. I don't like either of those.
2: Okay, well, there there's an interesting. Okay, so if we want to think about just streaming and cheap ways to find hitting, they're going to Colorado at the start of next week, and you know, guys like Garrett Hampson. If so, if Garrett Hampson's going to play regularly for the rest of this week, maybe get a few games hitting lead off. Why not like look at him for that Coors Field series or De La Cruz in a twelve if he's still out there. There's some twelve. There's some twelves where Gene Segura's has got, gotten close to the cut line. He's had a really really dismal start to the season. Yeah. He um, has so he could be available too in some leagues. Garrett Cooper is cause he was hurt. Just mm-hmm. came back on the weekend. So um yeah, that could be, there could be some Marlins who'd be sneaky streamers for the start of next week.
1: Yeah. I was thinking Hampson, maybe you get some sneaky stolen bases only yep. two so far this year, but yep. maybe a little bit more birdie is more likely to play than not yep. because of this. Also yep. Garrett Cooper will play more often because of this than not. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I think he would have played pretty regularly now that he's off the aisle anyhow, but uh, anyhow, thought I'd throw, you know, mention that. Manny Machado, uh, out of the lineup today. They said it's kind of a minor issue uh, with him after getting hit by a pitch. I just kind of wanted to bring him up, and I brought him up on this SiriusXM show today with Nick Whalen, too. Uh, he's just not having a good year so far. Uh, 231, the hard hit rates are down. Five homers in a bit of a slump lately. Uh, 654 OPS. I don't think this lasts, but this this hand injury, this doesn't help.
2: No, definitely not. And one of my other concerns about Machado is that he isn't stealing bases. And Mm -hmm. he, last year, he stole almost all of his bases before he ended up on the injured list. So he had seven steals at the end of May. And then he ended up on the IL last year. Um, Sorry, he didn't end up on the IL. He just ended up hurt. I'm I'm misremembering No,
1: so yeah, that was where he had to really... That was the
2: nagging injury.
1: He had that that turned ankle on that yes. play at first base and in close field. It. You're right. And it was disgusting to look at. And, I yes. was, and, and we were like, oh, don't show that replay again. And then he never went on the I.L. He was like, no, I'm going to bet back. And he missed like eight days. Yes. So he technically beat it, but they were better off just putting him on the I.L. Because then he stunk for a while, too. Uh, he yeah. had two stolen bases so far this year. So
2: Yeah, two. And he had two, he had two in the last four months last year. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like going back into this year that maybe he would get back to stealing because the ankle. So you're right. I, I remembered it as he had a brief IL stint because of the ankle. in the Might end, as well did, then. Might yeah. as well have. Um, but it re- it clearly stopped him from stealing bases. He didn't steal a base after that injury for like two and a half months and then barely stole after that. So um, if his days as a base stealer are done, then that will significant because he wasn't a big base stealer before, but he could get you like 10. Right. And, and that mattered, especially in the old steal- stolen bases landscape that really mattered. Uh, But yeah, he's definitely off to a slow start this year. Uh, Yeah, we'll see where things go from here. But yeah, I I would be like a little worried. Not sell low on Manny kind of worried. But yeah, he's definitely been. Raphael Devers has also been a little underwhelming. Manny's been more underwhelming.
1: Yeah, Austin Riley has been underwhelming. Nolan Arenado, we'll we'll get to him in a second. um, He's on our risers segment that we have so uh, conveniently touted. But before this weekend, he slumped. Fragment's been terrible. Cabrian Hayes hasn't been good. I mean, you go down the list. There's a lot of disappointing third baseman right now.
2: Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. So and part of the strategy this year with a lot of people was to get one of the third basemen you just mentioned because yeah. you didn't want to have to deal with the third baseman at the bottom of the crop, you know, the ones you could get around 15, 20, etc. Yep. Um, you're not getting that much more out of a lot of these players so far. So yep. so far, it hasn't really turned out. Now again, it's early. I did do a deeper dive on Bregman after we talked about him last week. I think there's been enough bad luck there that I would be willing to buy low on him in a trading league where such an opportunity presented itself. I do okay. think Aaron Auto is coming around and will come around.
1: Yeah, um, he came around. He's done. He 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 has sent. He has made it around that bend already four homers in four days yeah
2: so i think he's i think i think he'll yeah he's come around yeah his his numbers will come back up to typical nolan Arenado numbers i think by the end of the year or by the end of the even by the end of the month yep something something like that uh one of my articles that i have coming out later this week at yahoo is just sometimes there's in trading leagues sometimes there's a statistical reason to buy low on a player is in like a super low BABIP or something like that. Right. Super low home run to fly ball rate. Sometimes there's no statistical reason. You just know that this player just isn't this bad.
1: And that's Machado for me.
2: Right. And it was Aaron Otto a week ago. Yeah. Right. So a week ago, if you were going to trade for Aaron Otto, who at the time had, I think he's got, we go back, he's got five home runs since May 6th on May 5th. He had two home runs. Like if you, if you wanted to go and trade for him, then, or, right, like I think, it, I think that you don't even need. Well, yeah, you can look at the advanced stats, but even without looking at the advanced stats, you're just like, okay, he's not that old. He's just not this bad. He's better than this. George Springer is another one who will be in the article. Where, yeah. like, George Springer is just off to a crummy start. He was sick for a while. I do get sick. I do get sick. No pun intended of George Springer. Sometimes I feel like there's always something wrong with him. Going mm-hmm. back to when he was in Houston, just a lot of little nagging injuries. Um, this year he's been sick. It's kind of weird. It kind of hung around. Um, But either way, George Springer is just way better than the ball player he's been so far this year. So in I a trading league, if someone if say in a trading league if someone has lost patience with him, you can get him for a four or five round discount in comparison to the value he was drafted at. Then, like I don't even really need to look at the advanced stats. He's he's probably going to come around.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right about that. We we hear about hitters heating up all the time. Jose Ramirez. Similar and you know heating up is the operative term. He's on a bereavement leave right, bereavement leave right now. uh But there have been other years where Ramirez heated up along with the weather. So even though you look at his numbers and you're kind of non plus by them right now, four homers, yeah. twenty two RBI, does have the five stolen bases that helps in uh, twenty one runs. But you know he's not really tearing it up. Not first round price tearing it up. But he's also he's not killing you either. He's not Gunnar Henderson. No. He's not that bad. You know. Um, There, there, there's, it's kind of funny though. uh, You know, it's trying, it's a fine line to, you know, to draw like, okay, I'm going to trust this guy, but not that guy. I'm going to trust this guy, but not that guy. And they have similar statistical and batted ball profiles.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I said, sometimes you look at what are the advanced stats telling you, but sometimes you do have to kind of go with your gut. Yeah. Ramirez's paces right now are roughly 20, 20, 80, 80. Yeah, two eighty-five batting average. That's way below what you were. uh not way below. In home runs, it's below, and in runs and RBIs, it's below. But the but the Guardians' offense has been really, really bad. Yeah, compared to what it what it was expected to be. So that's part of the reason why he's a three sixty-four on base. It's better than each of his last two years, and his runs and RBI paces are lower because he's been yep. in a worse lineup. That's not not all his fault. So I'd say all of his variance right now is just in a normal expected range of variance, and it'll swing back the other way at some point. So for example, if in a trading league, if I could get Jose Ramirez for now like a second round type price or a late first round type price, I think I would still be all over that.
1: Yeah. I, I think yeah. I would too. I think so. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about some hitters on the rise, but, uh, first going to take care of a little bit of business here from our good friends at rival fantasy, a new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Also, we're on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads.
3: All right.
1: A lot of hitters are on the rise. We're going to talk about them here. Uh, let's talk a little. Uh, first of all, if you missed out on Christopher Morrell, Matt McClain debuted with the Reds and he's batting second already in this lineup.
2: Tough spot to come by on the Reds. The chance to bat second. Um, yeah. No, he. I, I think Matt McClain is a really exciting option for Fab this week. Um he was tearing it up in AAA this year, and he's got the steals like 10 steals already this year, 27 last year. Looks like he's already got, you know, respectable power. Um, yeah, I mean, last year he only hit 232 with a lot of strikeouts. Uh, this year the strikeout rate was a little bit better, but he was hitting 348 because he's kind of, you know, tearing the cover off the ball when he was hitting it this year. So I think he's really interesting. And I just think playing time is abundant on the Reds right now if, if he can hold up his end of the bargain.
1: Yeah, Uh, and he's the first of a number of prospects that are probably going to get the call. L.A. De La Cruz is tearing it up at Louisville. So wouldn't be surprised to see him get the shot later on uh, this season, sooner rather than later. Of course, Christian Encarnacion Strand is another guy we're all interested in. Um, He's not going to be a shortstop. We know that one. Uh, But they do have to figure out who's the shortstop and who's third, who's second. McLean's the first and he's getting that time at shortstop. They're letting, they're leaving Spencer steer alone at third base for now. Uh, But you know, this obviously it starts, you know, it starts the clock on steer a little, it starts ticking a little faster with steer too, because that's one less spot that's available for the next call up. Jonathan India is obviously firmly ensconced at second base until, well, for now, maybe they move him. Maybe they trade him. That's because I think, as a second baseman, Jonathan India is a good third baseman. Um, maybe not even a good third baseman. He moved from third to second to help the Reds out uh, back when they had, you know, I think it was Moustakis was at third. Can't lose Mike Moustakis. Uh He certainly can't move him off the position. But uh, India is now, uh, you know, he is their second baseman, and he's fine. I just don't think he's a good defender, and I wonder what their long-term plans are for him.
2: Yeah, that that is fair to, fair to wonder. I, I have a hunch he'll make it at least through this season. Uh, as their second baseman uh, the Reds lineup could be kind of cool could be kind of cool and exciting later this year depending on what they decide to do like you said with the rest of this wave of prospects so
1: yeah some but, of know. these guys have to play the outfield though at some point you know they got Noel yeah. B Marte they've got uh, the kid they got from San Diego uh, and I'm, I'm blinking on his name right now uh, point is they have a lot of shortstop prospects and not obviously not all of them are even going to be able to stay in the infield, let alone at shortstop. Maybe some of them will be used as trade capital. Uh, I, I I hope they take their time in trading any hitting prospects, though, beca- uh, for pitchers, because you really want to have, like, that core established before you start trading for pitchers.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. And like you said, there's not much blocking them in the outfield as far as yep. if they want to try some of these guys in the outfield. Jake Fraley's bat has come alive a little bit the last few days, but I don't know. I kind of think we know what he is right now, by now. He's uh He's fine. As- He's, he's, he's yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's not special at all. Um, it's kind of cool that Nick Senzel's not hurt yet, but I still yeah, Nick Senzel's him.
1: been playing th- a lot of third, also. Ab-
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah. So he can play in the outfield if they want him to. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Myers, I think, is trade bait in the summer.
1: Who wants Will Myers?
2: I was going to say if they could get anything for him, it would just be to get him. Anyone who wants him on their roster. I mean, so run. maybe no one. But but there's time between now and then for him to have some success and for them to kind of get rid of him for next to nothing.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a big week for Myers. He has got to start hitting but Yeah. You know, he's got 3 homers right now. He's hitting 198. He's 198. got 11 RBI 11 RBI. I mean, you're not even to get Tommy Pham return for him. You're just getting nothing and liking it there. Yeah,
2: and he was someone who some people, a lot of people felt was like an interesting like I you don't know, like in 15 team leagues, like round like 16, 17 Mm-hmm. I feel like type pick this year was like, oh, Will Myers. He's never played in a park like Cincinnati. You know, this could unlock a little bit more power with him. Maybe he can be a 20 homer guy there. And, oh, he does steal right. spaces. And um,
1: they're so hoping to become Brandon Drury is what what they were really hoping. Yeah,
2: to. yeah. Some variation of Brandon Drury, Drury, you're right. So and now I'd say the Reds are just hoping he could hit well enough that they could trade him for some low minors prospect.
1: Yeah, and then hope that they develop like the pitcher into someone that's better. Yeah, you never know; it can happen, yep. but it doesn't yeah. often happen.
2: Yeah, but anyways, yeah, back to McLean. I think, I think he will fetch some. It depends how he does this week, obviously, but I think he'll fetch some decent bids. Maybe not as big as Morrell, um, as far as bids. I guess I could see it, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you, I felt like Morrell was consistently where he was available in NFC leagues, going for what do you think one one fifty to two hundred?
1: Yeah, he and he went. I was thinking I could get him around for 100, 115. Yeah. And I wasn't even close. He was like 87.
2: Yeah. Um, So I felt like that's where I was seeing him high 100s. McLean, I guess it'll just, if McLean had a really good week, I think that would happen with him as well. mm -hmm. If if he's hitting 225 with a 670 OPS by Sunday, then I think he goes for maybe more like 100 or something like that. Cause then there'd be concerns maybe that he won't stick.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, you know they fade, they're in Coors Field right now. Uh, then they get the uh, Yankees at home. Yeah. Clark Schmidt, Brito, and Herman. They get to miss out. Uh, you know, obviously they miss out on Garrett Cole. That's huge. Uh, next week, they get seven games: four at home against St. Louis, and then three at Chicago Cubs. So, uh, you know, good opportunity for McLean to to, to prove himself. Uh, I think uh, Ted was asking: Is McLean going to play second in Ellie in shortstop? I think that's one route. I. I I mean, I haven't seen the Reds moving Ellie off of shortstop, so I got to look at a little bit closer on that one there because I obviously I haven't paid full attention to his defense so far because he was hurt to start the year too. So trying to guess like where he's going to be playing is mm-hmm. a little tricky, but you know mm-hmm. he's huge. He's he's six five. He's a yeah. lot like O'Neill Cruz. Uh, I think there, there's there's a lot of similarities between the two. Uh, kind of uh, a super toolsy prospect. Uh, Looking at him so far, he actually has played some third base. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz has uh, 12 games at short, nine at third. So, you know, that might be an option too, uh, is Mm -hmm. to put him at third base someday. But uh, they currently have two guys that are young enough to be interesting at third base in Senzel and Steer. So I I don't know what they're going to do with De La Cruz and what they're going to do with McLean.
2: No, but I do think there's a scenario where late this season they're all in the regular lineup. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I don't know if they become a scary, they don't, okay. They don't become a scary lineup yet, but they become a fun one. Yeah. Which you've, which you've been waiting for now for a little while.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and down farther down the road, they've got cam Collier at third base too. And Karnassi on strand, I think is like, I think they're permanently moving him to first, mm-hmm. is my guess, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Um, by the way, I don't know when we're ever going to see Joey Votto. Uh, that, that, that's the other thing, uh, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens, uh, how quickly. But he, he had a setback in his rehab, and you know they've been kind of really quiet on the timeline there. And on Strand, by the way, he doesn't walk at all. Two walks so far, twenty three Ks. Mm-hmm. That's in uh, nineteen games so far at, at Louisville. Just think at the big league level, if you want to extrapolate out there a little bit, that that K percentage, which is at twenty three or twenty five point eight, is going to be a lot worse at, at, at the big league level. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Encarnacion Strand has played 10 games at, at first and only four at third, So you, and, and he's played some DH too. So you can see defense is not going to be his priority there. But that that's handy. They, you can't have everybody play shortstop or second. Right, so.
3: right,
2: right. Yeah. Exactly. All
1: right, that was a lot of Reds talk. Sorry, folks, I got a little uh, sidebar there. Uh, let's go on to uh, talk about uh, Michael Conforto heating up just a little bit. Kind of a guy that, you know, had them as that like, when's he going to sign? When's he going to sign last year? And then never did sign. The ailment was obviously a lot worse than a uh, let on, uh, struggled at the, out, out the gate for the, uh, giants. Uh, and they're kind of a bad team. So that, that, it's and, and even still, like you look at his numbers, he's hitting two Oh five. Uh, but he does have eight homers now.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's got four homers in his last six games and, I wouldn't say more impressive, but also impressive. Just one strikeout in those six games. Uh, he hasn't been striking out much lately. So maybe there is a sign here that he started after that really, really long layoff that he started to kind of find his rhythm. So, uh, you know, if he was still, if he was out there, maybe in any 12s, because uh, he was doing really poorly up until that point, Yeah, uh, he might end up being, you know, a good waiver wire gem. And as much as we're chasing all of these prospects when they get called up, uh, in some leagues, there have been really interesting veterans who get dropped that may also be worth just as big of a bit.
1: Yeah. Um, and I like that he takes a lot of walks. He's a yep. patient hitter. Yep. You know, and honestly, you missed a full year. Obviously, it's going to take a little time to bounce back. You know, 2020 was clearly a pretty, uh, an aberration. And I probably have. I think I've probably last year rated, you know, and I should say in 2021, I rated him too high because of his 2020 year and the happy fun ball year before that in 2019, when he hit 33 homers. But I mean, he's got an upside. I mean, even in 2017, he had a, bit, a pretty big year. Now that was a lively ball team, a lively ball year also. Uh, but yeah, he had, he actually had strung together like three or four really good years in a row and then obviously dropped off and then was hurt. So Kind of see what happens with him going forward. But I, I, I think he's kind of a, a sneaky buy low. You know, I think he's still possible to buy a little low too.
2: Yeah. Uh, also, as, as platoon happy as the Giants are, um, they aren't really platooning him. He's had really? a decent amount of plate appearances against lefties mm-hmm. so far this year. And he's done fine in those plate appearances. The Sample size is too small to draw a conclusion on. I'm just more looking at the playing time. Uh, they're treating him as an everyday player. And I was worried that they were going to treat him uh, you know, just as a platoon player, that he'd be like a Mike Yastrmsky, but yeah, maybe a higher end version of Mike Yastrmsky, or maybe not, maybe just Mike, Mike Yastrmsky, yet
1: another they're... Mike Yastrmsky, who I like, by the way. He's back yeah, he, off the IM, he
2: just came back, that's right. And yeah. you know what? I, th- I think they don't have room to platoon both of them mm-hmm. since they're both left handed outfielders, so they're playing Conforto and platooning Yastrmsky.
1: Yeah, it sounds about yeah. and and yeah. you know and every once in a while Conforto will get a day. I think that's I think that's definitely the uh, yep. the the construct there. Yeah. All right, you picked up Jake Bowers everywhere. Why?
2: I don't know. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, I do know. Um, so he is he plays against righties. They face seven of them this week. Four yeah. in Toronto, four in Toronto, three in Cincinnati, um, and he's been hitting like fairly high in the lineup today's hitting fifth yesterday hit leadoff, stole a base yesterday which I wasn't counting on uh like I'm not going to say that I was a genius to to see that one coming You're uh you know Bauer, yeah I mean Bowers is someone I, okay so I try not to get caught up in this because I do feel like when Yankees get called up right the hype train speeds away in ways mm-hmm. that it doesn't really for other teams I'm a Leafs fan so I get that it's the same thing in hockey when a, when a player gets brought up by the Leafs, um, I feel like the Yankees is the same thing. So, But Bowers was playing really well in AAA to start the year. The Yankees definitely have injuries and have a need. So I think as a short-term option, because of all the righties on the schedule coming up, um, you add him and then you just you know see where things go from there. But he does have a bit of speed. Not much, but a bit. Uh, he could steal, steal a few bases. And like I said, he was hitting really well in the minors this year. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's, there's some potential there. It's a good park to hit home runs in. So I just felt, I felt like on Sunday, no one wanted Jake Bowers at all.
1: I picked him up actually in scarf, which is modeled after the NFPC main event, 15 yeah. team, uh, mixed league, same sort on the NFPC platform, etc. cetera. Yeah. Uh, I, cause I, I lost CJ Krohn. I lost CJ Krohn in both in, in both there and in yogurt. Yeah. Um, and I picked up Ryan Noda in one league and Bowers yeah. in the other.
2: Right. I, I felt, and I felt like you were getting, I was getting Bowers for 10 bucks, like in a thousand out of a thousand. Like it was that cheap. 20 would get him every time. I felt like 10 would usually get him, that it was that cheap every time. And as far as just even a weekly streamer, like he's gotten a stolen base. If he can play the rest of the week and say hit one home run, all of a sudden he's had a, a really good week. Yeah. For a I streamer. Think that's right. Brand, Brandon Belt was the other one who I had my eye on. The Jays yeah. play right handers, I think, every game but one this week. And he's, kind of started to come out of his early season funk so he was someone else that that I had my eye on I think in the big picture and I didn't I didn't get Yuri Perez but if we're going to be bidding this much on these pitchers we have to find cheap ways right cheap ways to find hitters
1: yeah agree and, and
2: that's and that this is the way to, to do it like like on Sunday you can go and spend 120 bucks on Matt McLean, but maybe it depends what you think he's capable of but you can get a lot of Jake Bowers for 120 bucks. You can get well, Jake Bauer, the type of Jake Bowers players for the next 10 weeks for that price.
1: I kind of think yeah, you're supposed to get one or two big name prospect or big, big yeah. buys. And yeah. then you're, you got to play small ball the rest of the season, basically. Right. Um, right. Uh, 37 to 18 was the bid on Bowers. So, Oh wow.
2: That's pretty high. Mr.
1: Bauer. Uh, he is now on. My so I team. did
2: not see that in any of my leagues where he went. And I think I got him in our labor league for one. And I did not have the tiebreaker. So I think that means no one else. It does mean that no one else bid on him.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what did yeah. It, I, I think? Now I, I know
2: that $1 in the labor league is a little more precious yes, because of is. the fact that there are no $0 bids. And it, you so, so there are some weeks where I'm like, oh, I take this guy for a buck for the week. And then I'm like, no, I need to save the dollar.
1: Yeah. So, you know, what's funny is I need to save dollars and yet I still bought three players last week somehow. <laughs> um, uh, who did I buy? I bought uh, Corey Jolks. Yeah, I okay. bought Matt Thiss because I had Nick Fortez as my catcher and I was just I couldn't anymore yeah um and then I got Patrick Corbin for a buck there too okay. um so there you go but yeah Jake Bowers actually he, you know what Bowers you got him for a buck and it doesn't list a second bit it's because Bowers I didn't need he was my third right. choice behind. yeah yeah he was in your waterfall yeah Casey Schmidt was my first choice Corey Jolks was my second and the reason I went I prioritized jokes is there's long term. I think staying power for him perhaps yep. uh, with Michael Brantley having the setback, uh, but maybe it would have yep. been better I, off. I did powers. grab
2: jolks in a league as well. I am not yeah. sure. Like you said, there is staying power there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. He has a 640 OPS, so I'm not really sure if his bat is good enough. 31 strikeouts, three walks, but, yeah. but he can also steal bases. Yeah. So he's already got five. Like he can see, he can steal bases, and that's not an aberration. So yeah, right. Jol- Jolks is interesting too. Bowers, I felt like was a great fit if you're just looking for someone for this week for sure, and you know maybe he can stick around longer than that. Jolks, if you were like, you know what, I I think I'm more interested in playing the long game. I'm not desperate for someone this week, but I'll grab him and see where things go. I think he he's inter- he's interesting too.
1: Yeah. Get up, get yeah. down. Corey is no joke in this town. All go. right, Uh well move on to after that hideous uh, <laughs> reference, uh, but especially because it's old school. You know, the fact that I, I'm not even going to explain it, the, 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 uh, that I'm trying to explain it is bad. All right. Colorado Rockies. We talked about Crone uh, being out. That means like, you get all the Mike Moustakis you could possibly want. Yay. Uh, you also mentioned Brenton Doyle who is getting some run at center field for the Rockies. Brenton Doyle is a fast human. Um, he he's basically, and he's got some power too, some sneaky power. Four homers and six stolen bases in 17 games so far. I didn't really uh, view him as like this guy who should be prioritizing, but maybe I should have taken him a little bit more seriously. Fourth round pick in 2019. Uh, Did you get him anywhere?
2: No, he's still available in some of my leagues if I want to go after him this week, but. Yeah, he, he he is definitely someone who's probably going to be a better fantasy player than an actual player. Um, he struck out 171 times in the minors last year. The year mm-hmm. before, he struck out 134 times in 97 games, and that was just in high A. Um, yeah, but last year in 132 games in the minors, 26 homers, 23 steals. So he has that fantasy-friendly skill set where he yeah. can get you homers and steals. It's not just the small sample size. So far, he can run, and there's a bit of power there. Um, it'll just be a matter of whether he's a good enough hitter to just, you know, have an on-base percentage above at 300 or something like that—something that's good enough to keep him in the lineup. But since he's since he's on the Rockies, who I guess are kind of unplayable on the road, doesn't make it maybe quite as appealing as it is in some other years. Uh, I think he's totally worth picking up. Yeah. Absolutely, the Rockies do have a nice stretch of home series too that's already started. So you missed out on the first one if you didn't get him for this week, but, uh, yeah, I think he is someone who, who could be worth picking up, but I think more as a lower bid. Yep. 20, 30, something like that.
1: Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Probably Hand says he went him. to, uh, the Doyle went to his local college, which is shepherd. Okay. I don't know where shepherd is. Um, he's from Virginia. So I'm going to guess somewhere in Virginia is my first guess. So if I'm wrong, well, well then I'm wrong. I definitely
2: players playing for the Rockies is not as much of a lure to me this year it wasn't last year either as it is some other years just because because they're they're pretty unplayable on the road um yeah so I didn't like there were so many years back in the Matt Holiday era when the lineup was good where I'd be like oh it plays for the Rockies and I'm in I'm interested let's let's get him on the team see what he can do uh now I don't feel that way quite as much anymore
1: Shepherdstown West Virginia by the way is the correct
2: answer on Brendan Doyle
1: but uh there you go. Uh, three walks, 16 Ks. That is a, is of moderate concern, especially if you look at Double A. Two, two, last year in Double A, 23 walks, 157 Ks. Batting average could be at risk here, but Coursefield mitigates Absolutely. that a little bit. Um, so we'll see. Um, at least he's a he's a home streamer, basically. Yeah. Yep.
2: All yep. right. So if you have room for one of those, and you need steals, right? I pick him up for the steals, and you hope the power is there. But I just pick him up for the steals.
1: Fred, in the outline, you asked. Our owner's happy with Joey Manessis. He's hitting 300, kind of heating up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but he has two homers, 22 RBI, 16 runs. Our owner's happy with him. So I've got him in all three main events. The okay. one player I have in all You're three You're the guy events. to answer this question. Yes, I am. And the answer is no, of course. Uh, he doesn't run. Zero, no stolen base attempts, let alone stolen bases. Uh, so if you don't run... You got to hit for power and Manassas hit for copious power last year. I was willing to sacrifice average to get power. And unfortunately it's the other way around. Uh, he, he is heated up lately to get that average up Had four hits yesterday. That, that goes a pretty far way towards doing that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, two homers. I mean, uh, last Homer was on the, on their, their West coast road trip at Arizona, where he had a Homer on May 7th. That's over a week ago. Um, Hard to hard to get by when you're getting so little power out of one of your lineup spots. And he's a, you know, and there's been weeks where you know he's he's one of those like now streamers. He's not a regular player, and I drafted him as kind of a regular player with like a 13th, 14th round pick.
2: Yep. Yeah, but now he is hitting 300, and him hitting 300 will keep him in the lineup. Sure. So, so from that regard, I wouldn't say he's a bust. I'm going to say he's just like a because you're right. We weren't even expecting him to hit 300. I was expecting him to hit. 270 260 270 say um he he so far isn't frank schwindel right we talked about that a lot before Mm -hmm. the season whether he'd be frank schwindel so far he isn't frank schwindel who just like almost instantly came crashing back to earth yeah following up the you know his you know late career breakout season so he's in the lineup we just need to see a few more homers I'm not out on him yet. I looked up, you know, his Babbit same as last year, which is high, but at least the same as last year, his XBI is about the same as last year. Uh, he needs to hit more homers to justify the pick, but at least he's still playing. So to me, he's not yet a bust. He's just like a slight disappointment.
1: Yeah. I'd say that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I think that's, I think that's accurate. Um, yeah. It's still, it's, it's yeah, it's early too. And we know in that ballpark, it can heat up in a hurry. Yeah. He's also um, hitting
2: the top four base. He's hitting the top four every plate appearance this year. Yeah. And, and I think as long as that batting average looks like it does right now, he'll stay there. Yeah. So there's uh, potential.
1: There is, there is yeah. potential. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to talk about two. We we we, had, we mentioned five hitters on the rise. By the way, that's five. Uh, so okay. just I want to make sure, okay. I as truth and advertising on our title this time. Sometimes we do that, and I want to make sure it's not clickbait. So there you go. But uh, we you got a good Twitter question uh, on Brandon Lau and Willie Adamas, two slumping hitters right now. 14 team league. How much rope are you going to give them?
2: Right. So I, uh, you know, he's asking. Really, is he going to? Should he cut one of them? Uh, I would say Willie Adamas, definitely not. I'd um, agree. Yeah, I think he, Willie Adamas was fine in April. 778 OPS, five mm-hmm. home runs, two steals. He's had a crummy May. You know, it is what it is. It's frustrating. It's annoying. But I think he's too good of a player for <laughs> you to cut. Brandon Lau's a little different. Like, he, he's, we're now seeing a couple years in a row of him just being basically a pure power hitter. And not an amazing power hitter, but a pure power hitter with a low batting average. Um, I, I, he was good in April too, but I felt like it was more early April. He's been a, a really bad in May. I'm not a cut on either one of them. I have Lau on my labor team.
1: Yeah. Um, and I remember become- you got two second basemen back to back.
2: That's right. I also got two Laus. I got Lau and Nate Low and Brandon Lau. I got a low and a Lau. you know, in like the span of about three rounds on that team. Um, I should have him out of my lineup. I haven't been able to make that happen. I need. I think I need to make that happen until he starts to heat up. He, I've always found him to be a little bit streaky. I don't in a twelve. It's a. It, he said it's a head to head, didn't he? Um,
1: uh, I believe and the so. question. I, don't I still see. have
2: the question right in front of me right now. I was just looking at some other at some fat some stats, but if it's a head to head and it doesn't have a middle infield spot, I could cut Brandon Lau.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I don't think I cut
2: Adamus, but I could cut Brandon Lau.
1: Yeah. I I I am I'm in the no-cut zone for both still, but okay. I get it. I mean, Lyle, this is what he is. He's a low average power hitter.
2: Yeah, I just think okay, so if he had no middle infield spot, like is is he is his the chances of him coming around worth it? I don't know.
1: He's in a 14-teamer. I think he's yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't see that stipulation, but even if uh you've been there. I'm probably still waiting a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. I'm stubborn. Very stubborn that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, So there you go. Wanted to hit that hit up that question while we're hitting pitchers, uh, hitting hitters. So last night Houston wins, uh, but Ryan Presley did not get the save. He had pitched on Sunday. He had pitched on Friday and he had pitched on Wednesday. So I kind of think like in his case, this is just workload management. Yep. I'm not too worried about it, but, this is the same old story. The, the Astros have like a, a million save chances, and so Presley can't get them all.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so far, he has seven of their twelve. He did mm-hmm. have a little bit of an injury right earlier this year, um, which hurt him. Uh, Brian Abreu stepped in, so he has seven of their twelve. That's pretty much the rate I was expecting from him. Yeah. It's why I think he'll finish with a save total in the twenty-five to thirty range, not one in the thirty-five to forty range. Right. Um, you know, this just is kind of what it is. And it's a little bit frustrating. And unfortunately, that's a solid bullpen. Rafael Montero hasn't pitched up to his potential so far this year, but um, but it's still early. Uh it's a solid bullpen where when Presley can't get a save, we don't know who's going to get the save. Could be Abreu, could be Neris, could be Montero.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that's frustrating. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, Abreu. No, it's not Abreu. Abreu pitched on Sunday as well, though. So I yeah. think that's why Norris got the, the, the chance last night. Yeah. Um, he got a chance against the White Sox early in the season when, uh, Presley was unavailable. But the thing is Norris also pitched Sunday. He also pitched Friday. Mm-hmm. He, he's on the same, the same schedule. I guess it's just, they, he's got more of a rubber arm. Norris is actually pitching very well, yeah. kind of under the radar, how good he's yeah. been pitching right now, but that's the Astros bullpen in a nutshell. They, they have copious options. Yep. I, you know, they don't have an obvious pivot, and that's annoying for us, but it's good for them.
2: That's right. Hey, c- while we while we're on closers, I'm gonna ask you a closer question that's not on the outline.
1: Oh, oh, I don't, bet, I don't I never attention. do that to
2: you, but it's on my mind. Okay. Do you worry about Emmanuel Class? A? He leads the majors in saves because mm-hmm. he leads the majors and save chances. Mm-hmm. So from that regard, you've gotten what you wanted with him. But the strikeout rate is way down. It's just he's got 13 strikeouts. Um, he's already got half as many walks as he had all of last season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not that. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. His, his, you know, his ERAs jumped a lot. His FIPS jumped a lot. Uh, he like He's okay, but he's not what I was expecting. Really, his fantasy value has been propped up by the fact that he has the most safe chances of anyone in right. the majors with five more than any other reliever. And that's just luck. And it's not like the guardians are that good. So it, that's just been luck for him. Uh, and the fact that it is, uh, I guess also attributed to the fact that the guardians treat him like an old school closer, a traditional closer. He gets basically all their safe chances. Um, but he is not the, so far he has not been the pitcher that he w- has been previously. In his I football. am
1: low key concerned. Velocity yeah, is down am, I am a mile.
2: Low key that's why I brought it up.
1: Velocity is down a mile and a half on his fastball. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the you mentioned the k percentage it's nearly halved it was 28.4 last year which is insane yep uh but it's 14.8 this year which is awful just really awful yep um the swinging strike percentage was at 17.1 it's now 10.7 now 17 is just ludicrously good yep. but 10.7 is slightly below average for a high-end reliever that throws as hard as he does uh I, I, he could be one where this straightens out though also, but how many times have we seen these elite relievers burn out fast, burn hard, burn fast.
2: Mm-hmm. I know. I, and I really felt going to the season. I like, I loved his skill set. Like he yeah. just has that. Pl- and I thought it was a little bit Mariano Rivera, like in the sense that the strikeout total is not insane, but it's good. And he gets, gets a ton of ground balls. And I think it's just like a really good, and he doesn't walk anyone. So I yeah. feel like he's just a really good skill set, like a very sustainable one for a long time, and it still may be. But he definitely hasn't opened this season, you know, like we like we're expecting to. And his, so far, his value has been propped up just by luck with save chances. I wonder in some trading leagues if there would be an opportunity to trade him away to someone who's just impressed by first of all his name value, second of all his saves total. Yeah. And Counterpoint:
1: He's only walked five guys. He's only allowed one homer. So it's not yeah. like he's getting crushed either. Nope.
2: It's just that the five walks are like last year only walked 10. The year before he only walked 16. Right, right. So the five walks, it's just up a bit. He's just definitely not as he's definitely not as dominant. And he's blown four saves. Yep. yep. So it's like true. yeah, he definitely isn't yeah, isn't what uh what we were expecting it's from a pitching perspective. If he had a normal amount of save chances, right now he'd probably have like nine saves and we'd be talking about whether he's a bust or not.
1: Dude, I'd kill for some nine saves for my closer right now. <laughs> um
2: there, there are some pitchers with solid save totals this year, right? Like yeah. nine saves. So when you say you kill for that, there's a dozen of them with nine saves so far. Yeah. One's one's AJ Minter. But
1: really, you know, Min- one's Minter's Kyle Finnegan. Yeah. yeah,
2: one's Kyle Finnegan in his six twenty eight ERA. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So nice. there you go. But yeah. Finnegan's actually kind of corrected himself. He had that, he's yep. had two. Just awful outings all that have just yep. fully skewed everything. But that's what happens with closers. They have awful outings, and it just it skews for a long time. All right, question in the bullpen about the Yankees. Uh, two of them, actually. Two people asking about the Yankees. Are you avoiding them or picking up one of the relievers? Uh, Robert says, I have Michael King, but I also think about adding Ian Hamilton, good ratios, and Ks if not getting saves. Of course, Wandy Peralta got two saves over the weekend. It was King last night that got the four-out save. Clay Holmes is like the fireman now, um, you know, any one of those four guys could get the next save. That's the problem.
2: Right. So it probably wouldn't, uh, it probably wouldn't be King if the saves tonight, just Mm -hmm. because of him pitching last night. It could be, but he came in in the eighth inning last night. So it probably, probably wouldn't be King tonight. If I could roster any one of them, I would roster King. I don't think I would roster Ian Hamilton. Now to like, there's like some context missing on Robert's question, which I, not Robert's fault, you know, I type so much in the box, but um, like if it was a league where just for some reason you need you need like we talked about with those Yahoo leagues where maybe you have six or seven relievers on your team and you stream your starters in out of your lineup, uh, okay, then I could see it. but just in general, I think that is gonna be a muddy bullpen unless King takes control of it for a yeah. little while. So I, I think I don't I don't think I need to use two roster spots on Yankees relievers right now. And if I, if I couldn't have King, I don't know if I'd use any.
1: I yeah I I agree I I I think Hamilton's got really good skills I'm interested yep. in him yep but yeah uh I don't have any clay Clay Holmes this year I didn't like uh, having had him last year and seeing how Boone used Holmes down the stretch yeah I just wanted to stay away from that um,
2: yeah they went yep. to Hamilton last night in the eighth when they were in trouble yeah and then by the time he was done they were in more trouble. Then they went to King and he got them out of trouble. And then he finished off the game. So, nothing. I mean, it was a tough spot for Hamilton and the hits off him were definitely not rockets. Mm -hmm. So, it was a tough spot for him. He came in with runners on base. There was some, he, he broke Vladdy's bat. Vladdy happened to muscle it to the outfield. So, I wouldn't say it's a sign that Hamilton's not a good pitcher. But yeah, I think that's where we're at with the Yankees bullpen.
1: We're going to go with the Canadian homage for the next question from the Hart foundation. And this, okay. so obviously yeah. you get the answers. I've actually already answered the chat, but is Fairbanks going to be back to being the man and Jason Adam to set up for the raise? Fairbanks came off the IL this week.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think I, I would guess that's the way it plays out. Maybe Adam has pitched well enough to get, I think Adam's pitched well enough to get some saves. Yeah. I think we're back to Adam. Like going into the season, I thought Adam would get 10 saves he'll probably get more than that because he had this nice little stretch. He could get a lot more than that. Actually. I think the play with this whole thing is Fairbanks goes, is the closer mostly now in some leagues. If Adam gets dropped in the sense of like, okay, now he's not the closer. I might as well. He's just a middle Let's really like ship him to waivers. I would be interested in picking him up on the possibility that Fairbanks gets hurt again. Yep. So if in it, what I would love to see in my leagues is for Fairbanks to get a couple saves this week and a couple saves next week. And then Adam gets dropped. And then I come in and pick them up for 2% of my budget, use them as a useful middle reliever and hope that not hope. I don't want to wish ill will on anyone, but, and then, you know, maybe Fairbanks gets hurt. And I've got a closer again. Yeah. Cause, cause they did clearly it. show when Fairbanks was out that when Fairbanks is out, it's Adam, it's not a committee. Yeah.
1: And I think one of the fun stories of the year <laughs> is the Rays are actually using their relievers yes. in a traditional format. Now I think it's cause they lack depth in the bullpen. So, uh, I think at some point they might be tired of not getting games to, to Fairbanks and Adams uh, and, and Adam, yep. excuse me. I keep wanting to say Adams. It's Adam singular. Yep. Um, but I, I think that's part of the issue is that they just, they're hurting for bullpen help right now. Uh, they, they, yep. they, some of the guys they picked up haven't worked out. Their lefties in particular, Jalen Beeks is the opener today, but the lefties in particular have been really bad. Garrett Clevenger is now out for the season. Um, I, I think that that's going to be one of the interesting storylines. I wouldn't be surprised to see them add talent in that bullpen. You know, yeah. for the longest time, like, oh, we can fake it. We can turn your discard into someone good, and I think they'll keep trying to do that. But they may have to actually go get somebody established at some point too.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite non- fantasy storylines for the rest of the season will be: Can the Rays actually run away with the AL East? Because I don't, with all these pitching injuries, no, I actually don't I agree. think they can anymore. I thought like it looked like they were going to. But no springs, no Rasmussen. You know, I think anyone counting on Rasmussen to play meaningful, you know, contri- make meaningful contributions the rest of the way is, you know, pretty. That's pretty hopeful at this point. Oh, I agree. The so, fact that he
1: immediately went on the sixty-day yeah, IL—that's your son.
2: So, and then, like you said, a bullpen that's kind of beat up. Um, I'm very interested to see that. I think they will not. I know it's the Rays, and it's hard to doubt them. I still think they'll make the playoffs, but. You know, it looked for a while like they could run away with the division. I don't know who... There's also just so many teams. Like, every other team in that division is above 500. It doesn't have to be the Orioles who are in second. It could be the Blue Jays. It could be the Yankees. It could probably not be the Red Sox, but maybe. Mm -hmm. But someone, I feel like, reels them in, if not two teams. And, you know, when we're on August 1st, I'm going to say that there's a couple of teams that are, you know, within four games or something, or maybe even ahead of them. But somewhere that that's... I think the Rays are now going to have to actually play for it and not run away with the division i think had right. springs and rasmussen stayed healthy maybe they could have
1: yeah but i think they will act though i mean i i think that i think they will uh um, yeah i i just they have enough trade capital yep. i think they you know the front is can be aggressive when they want to mm-hmm. you know it's obviously you know will ownership let them is always the storyline but i think they yep. will that's yep. my guess
2: add, add but not add like a like superstar starters yeah That's not really their MO usually. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I'm going to finish with two starting pitchers. One good, one bad last night. The good one, Jack Flaherty. Yeah. Bam! Out of nowhere, throws a gem with Wilson Contreras calling the game behind the plate, of all things. Is this the real Jack Flaherty? Or what happened here?
2: That is... I, if you know the answer to that one, I think you could make a lot of money right now. I don't know if the Cardinals know the answer to that one, but, yeah. uh, yeah, he, it was, it was really impressive. Like you said, uh, you know, back to the original plan at catcher, uh, he was really good. Um, especially from a strikeout perspective, uh, I'm still wary of using him in his next start. Uh, good for the people who started him for two starts this week. I would not have done it. So good for them. Uh, You know, when I go back and look at his game logs, okay. He had the start against the angels. That was just a complete disaster. Yeah. But you take that one out. So he started with seven shutout. Okay, great. 10 strikeouts, you know, um, sorry. Oh, I'm just looking at his last five games right now. My bad. His last night was great. Before that was like, not good as passable. He does have some starts this year that were like, okay. Like we go back to April 23rd against Seattle, six innings, three earned runs, nine strikeouts. He does have some decent starts this year. Uh, if, if Flaherty was dropped in a shallow league, I think I would be, I would be ready to go pick him up.
1: Scott Jensen said, picked him up in friends and family in our league. So, uh, okay. For what it's worth, but I think you yep. picked him up after the start, but why not? Why not? It's, it's kind of a like, okay, what if he has figured it out? Why not? Cause we've seen it before. So, you Know yeah. maybe the yeah. odds are against him coming back to that, but it's not like this is just a one start, you know. Um trying to think of there they're like Chris yeah. and I used to talk about the concept of signature signature significance. A guy can strike out 10 and walk none. We're like, okay, well, that means something, but sometimes even that can be a mirage. I don't yeah. think that's necessarily the case here, but so I think why not take a chance.
2: Yeah, I mean he's had he's had a few solid starts. That that ten in, that ten run start really looms. Like that's the only start yeah. this year where he gave up more than four and runs. So his other starts, like he has starts, a couple with four and runs, a couple with three and runs. Like his starts that were like meh, but they weren't killers. Like it's the ten, it's the one start that was a killer. I I think he's yeah. I don't know. I don't think I have zero shares. I don't know if he's going to be really good the rest of the way. The Cardinals in general have turned things around. And, mm-hmm. and I think the Cardinals, I don't think the Cardinals are awesome, but I think the Cardinals are way better than they showed at the start of the year. And it was, and they were due to turn things around. Miles Michaelis is, I have him on a couple teams. Like he hasn't been great lately, but he has kind of turned things around. He's gone from kind of unplayable to playable. Um,
1: yeah. Although it's funny. You say that we, we actually used him last week two starts and he pitched well against the Red Sox in Fenway. i like, all right, we dodged that bullet. Gets mm-hmm. the he gets the Dodgers this weekend. Tim and I benched Michaelis this week.
2: Yeah, I, I benched him this week too. Man. But I think that's where he's at. I think like one start, he's not a one start against the Dodgers, who aren't like super amazing this year, but are pretty good. Like he's not a one start against the Dodgers kind of pitcher. Like mm-hmm. he he's a fringe guy at, at with that kind of a matchup. But right. but he was. I saw him dropped in some leagues earlier this season. He's kind of turned around. I just think in general, the, the Cardinals, like we talked about, Arenado's turn it around. I think the Cardinals will slowly climb their way back into a mediocre division race. Um, we'll see if they win it or not. But yeah, I think the Cardinals were definitely a team. Like we talked about, like at the beginning of the year, targeting, obviously targeting the A's, but also we talked about the Marlins lineup being one to target and the, or the Royals being one to target. Even when the Cardinals were doing terribly, I wasn't really targeting them. Because I felt like, sorry, as far as like using my players against them, because I just felt like this turnaround was inevitable. They're they're at least a decent team,
1: yeah. I think and that's get ready
2: because right. at some point Matt Liberatore will come up and he will maybe be the next pitcher to fetch two hundred and fifty plus.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think I think that's probably right, unless it's Gavin Williams, who I think is another. Yeah. I, oh I'd, yeah, I'd like he's Gavin better, yeah, he's the other Yeah, he's the other one. You're right. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think that both of those are a possibility there. Uh the other guy I wanted to talk about was Grayson Rodriguez. Okay. Who was that bad yesterday? Uh not the first time uh that he's been bad and he's been bad against some mediocre opponents. The Royals got him pretty good a couple weeks ago. He's had a couple of really good starts but uh, I am I'm, I'm I've got him in AL towers. I have him and Lance Lynn, Fred, and uh that's not fun. I I I want to find ways to bench him and it's hard in an AL only. I mean, yep. you have to, you're basically picking up a reliever for him. You're not going to find a better starter. And, not,
2: and you're not even picking up a good one. Like, back to my Eric Swanson comment, like, you're not in AL league. You're not even picking up Aaron Swanson. You're just picking up any random reliever.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's it's going to be – every once in a while, you get a canoe that uh, emerges, and you have to be pretty quick to add them in that sort of format there. Yep.
2: Yep. So. Um, so, when you look at Rodriguez, like, back in April – the strikeout and walk rates were, were pretty good. like every April start, there were five of them. Every start had more than had five strikeouts, two of them at one at five, two at six, one at eight, one at nine. Okay. That's really good. The walks were not great. Home runs. You only gave up two all month, but then this month, everything has fallen apart. He's not striking batters out. He's given up two or more home runs in all three of his starts. So like he has been a mess. He's, he's an automatic bench right now. The question is, I think with him is, is he a drop? Right. Would you drop him for Jack Flaherty? Yes. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would too. Um, would you drop him for Michael Waka, who pitched really well last night?
1: I would not. Uh, great start last night, but he's a streamer.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think. I think Rodriguez. I think I'm keeping him. I think as long as the Orioles are keeping him, I'm keeping him. If they sent him down, I'd have to read the quotes. If I felt like he was getting sent down for a month or more, I think I'd have to drop him.
1: Yeah, I think so. Too. Because
2: you, then you're going to get you can't get anything out of him and. You don't even know when he'll be back, and when he's back, it will even be any good or not. But right. I did think about all. I did think about those players, kind of in a bunch of it, Waka, Flaherty, and Rodriguez, as far as just pitchers who have polarizing performances last night. And you know, if you if you're in a shallower league, like what moves would you make with each of them?
1: Yeah, Uh I, I, that's always handy to do. Um So yeah, yeah I, I I like doing that as well.
2: I think with the decision with Rodriguez, as far as would I drop him, would come down to can I, can I bench him? Cause you can't use them right yeah. now. So next week, the week after, like if I can bench him, let's say I've got a seven man bench and the rest of my staff is pretty good. It's going pretty well. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll throw him on the bench. I don't really care. I can leave. I'm going to leave him there for as long as he's on the Orioles, I'm going to leave him there for now. Unless I get a bunch of injuries. Yeah. If I had injuries on my bench and I can't afford to bench him, then I think at that point I'd have to drop him.
1: I think that's right. And yeah. of course, if he gets sent down, he's gone. He, he gets sent. Yeah, off, I, I think, think so. Uh,
2: it would have to be for me to keep him through getting sent down. It would have to be like very clear from the Orioles that he was going down just for a start or two.
1: Exactly. You yeah. Know, um, we're still waiting on Taj Bradley to get the call back up. Yeah, I've, that's been a really frustrating one. Same league, by the way. And I lost okay. Springs there. I lost Rikidi there. It, it, how yeah. am I doing? I'm doing really well. Um, okay. Really good team. Great team. Best team ever. All right. I um, had a lot of that this year. All yeah. right. I think we're going to end on that happy note, unless you got anything else you want to add.
2: The only other one I'll throw in is Alec Manoa. And he uh, was oof.
1: Uh, seven don't. walks. Seven. Yeah. Not the worst of the day, by the way. Brad Keller walked eight
2: yesterday. but he did. But he walked eight on the waiver wire. Alec Manoa yeah. walked eight in probably a lot of lineups.
1: And you're square in your stuck with them mode, I think, with him. You're stuck
2: with them but you don't have to use them I think what did I see last night on Twitter I think I saw that he's the first pitcher since Jake Arrieta in 2016 to have seven walks and two home runs in a single start yeah that's impressive it's hard to do see he did something no one's done in years yeah uh, I think I think team he' been unlocked he, yeah he's he stuck in lineups in NFBC style leagues like he's stuck in lineups until. Obviously, through the weekend, like you may have to use him this week. Yeah, two starts Baltimore. this week. Yeah, I know. That's why I feel like he was probably in a lot of lineups. There's probably a lot of people who just like kind of said, a, you know what, I drafted this guy as my number two starter. Mm-hmm. Like, like I've got it, or maybe even are a few of their number one. Like he's got two starts this week. I've got to take a shot at him.
1: Cause yeah. if, if, it, if you can't start him, you're, you're pretty much screwed. Y-
2: yeah, but you can't drop him. Yeah. Like, I think no matter how bad it goes for him, it'd have to go really bad for a really long time before you drop him. Because we've seen what his upside is, and, and you know what you've invested in him. Yeah. It'd have to be a really dire situation where, to, for me to drop him. And or a shallow league. So, in a 10-team league, maybe? In a 10-team league, maybe I could drop him.
1: I probably even still couldn't then, but yeah, I'm I don't know that way. Uh,
2: when I write Yahoo articles, I do see like guys like Tanner Bybee are still available in a lot of leagues, like yeah. in a league like that, I could drop Manoa. If I can pick up guys like that, I can drop Manoa and just, mm-hmm. st- just work the stream, the spot, whatever. So that's but, fair. That's yeah. Fair. It's in those types of leagues in, in any league that's really competitive. Yeah. I think I just have to hang on to them, but Like, he does not seem like he's close to figuring this out.
1: No, he doesn't. Uh, After showing some promise and a couple starts, like three starts ago against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, this was just brutal. If I
2: want to play glass half full, half empty on him, glass half full, Kikuchi has kind of figured it out this year, better than last year. As far as just Blue Jays, Barrios has kind of figured it out this year, at least better than last year. If I want to play glass half empty, it took both those guys an entire season and that's off season to say. figure it out. Like once exactly. they started, once that snowball started rolling downhill last year, it kept going all the way to the end of the season. That's exactly. And right. if you had either one of them last year, the fact they figured it out this year doesn't really help you at all.
1: Yep. Yep. So I'd agree with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We, so I'm saying I would not buy low on Manoa.
1: I wouldn't. I might, I
2: might even sell low if I could get something of interest to me. Yep. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah.
1: All right, that's what we're going to end on there. Another happy note. So, uh, hey, great conversation in the chat room again, as always. Thanks for those who were uh, streaming live with us. Really appreciate it. Thanks to uh, Rival Fantasy for their sponsorship, and thanks to Fred for uh, spending an hour with me. Um, uh, You know, it's it's an hour ten, but in Canadian, that's an hour. So that's right. uh, That's right.
2: Actually, I think it's only I think it's only ninety cents. So
1: okay, there you go. There you go. go. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll James Anderson will be with you tomorrow, and I've got Steve Gardner on Thursday. So looking forward to that.